Yay! So I'm really excited today we get to record another episode of Becoming Cosmically You and we've got um, Reverend Thomas um, Gassa with us. So Thomas, can you explain who you are and what you do and, and how you came into these amazing gifts that you have now? Um, well, I am, again, I'm, I'm Tomas. I'm from Arizona in the United States, and I'm very happy to be here. So first of all, thank you for having me as, as your guest. I am a teacher of A Course in Miracles, which we'll talk more about in the next few minutes. It's a self-study curriculum. It's universal and self-study. So I came upon this or rather it found me about a decade ago. My own spiritual background is, um, well, it goes way back in this lifetime. It's all I've really actually ever been truly interested in when you really get right down to it. And I have been raised in different traditions. I was raised in not one, but two very fundamentalist Christian traditions. Traditions, and I've also studied Tibetan Buddhism extensively, Eastern philosophy, and, and other traditions. So I've been very, very interested in spirituality my entire life. So the course found me about 10 years ago, and that's been the foundational centerpiece of things ever since. That's what I am teaching these days, as well as meditation, which I've also taught in the past, I started a, a personal meditation practice when I was in high school, in, in secondary school back in the 1980s. So that's been a long road and a lot of fun. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, 70s for me, early oh, 70s. Oh, wow. <laughs> you've, been, you've been doing this a while then. Um, yes. One of the things that you put in your bio I was really interested in is um, – he said, in other words, I save people from fear unless they want to keep it. So I'd love to like hear your um, slant on that, really. You know, especially the unless they want to keep it bit. I'd be interested in hear what your experience has been of that. Sure. Well, it's taken many forms. The un unless they want to keep it is is very, very key because if we want to keep something in our mind we do because we are that powerful each and every one of us and this has taken many forms i have had uh, various careers as i've cared about pretty much nothing but spirituality i've done other things for work in in this lifetime and uh, including these in, in these um, well, in these experiences that I've had and these careers and jobs that I've had, I've been in the position of mediator for quite some time, in the position of a coach or a counselor for quite some time. And I've seen from my experience working with people that we all tend to operate the same way if we want to be confused and identify with that confusion we keep it in our mind we make all kinds of excuses for why we're not able to do certain things why we can't do this why we can't do that and well what 
spirituality is is all about in, in my experience is in letting go of that fear but if someone doesn't want to they're not going to mm. oh, there's, the the, there's the cat there's the cat yeah <laughs> She always likes getting involved in these like spiritual conversations. She's very spiritual, my cat is. Um, mm -hmm. there's, it's, it's such an interesting point about fear because you're so right. I think you've almost got to accept that the fear is going to be there and then find a way of, of moving through it rather than around it. I think people think in the absence of fear, you know, uh, what is your been in your experience of working with fear or helping people navigate through fear? Well, first of all, it's uh, it's a matter of, of becoming aware of it in, in the first place, which is why present moment awareness is mm -hmm. such a thing in, in world spirituality, in, in various traditions. I mean, that is why meditation and mindfulness practices exist in the first place, because how can somebody ever be expected to address an issue if they're not even aware that it's an issue? So... And then what I often say on YouTube when I, I teach is that uh, spirituality is an adult endeavor. <laughs> it's for grownups because um, setting fear aside means looking at it directly, not dancing around it, not denying it and running off and hiding, even though that may be tempting from time to time. It's actually looking directly at it that's necessary so it's not always for the faint of heart mm, yeah I love that point about looking at it and being self-aware and I think as soon as you I always say like you, you have to get really good about calling your own self out on your own bullshit right because uh otherwise <laughs> you will just put all those rose uh colored spectacles and and you'll see see a different result and I think sometimes it's about being being honest with what's going on mm -hmm. yeah I mean it really is there's an underlying element of, of honesty because ultimately what ends up happening is we end up realizing oh I've got to take responsibility for my entire experience all of it thought to everything everything yeah. yeah, I always say that you've got to take responsibility for the good, the bad and the ugly and be grateful because I don't know how you view like trauma and these people that came in to inflict trauma on us. But I went through a lot of trauma when I was younger and I see these people that came in and put their hands up to inflict that trauma on me as uh, it was such gratitude, right? It was such gratitude mm. that these people came in to do these awful jobs with me. <laughs> to basically trigger me to do the work that I needed. And I think there's still quite a lot of blame culture going on in the world, you know, people blaming other people for their traumas. And I think one of the things that empowered me was being able to um, be grateful for it. Yeah. Yes, Th that's very powerful. And well, uh, as you've alluded to, it, it's a process and, and it takes time because uh, it's one thing to hear a couple of people that have been through some of this. I've, I've been through some of my own as well. Uh, it's one thing to hear someone talk about it and another thing to take a look at it and start to work 
through it and set it aside and and people have done this so what we can do is talk about it and hopefully somebody will be inspired to do the same but it really does involve this sense of uh, of gratitude as you mentioned it's not automatic for people to instantaneously think based on all our conditioning that well this is happening for me we tend to think of ourselves as victims of the world we see and and it is cruel people do all kinds of things to one another and uh, it does take some maturity and it takes readiness i think people have to be ready for this and um, when you are it's tremendously uplifting and inspiring but it's not necessarily easy simple simple work all the time there are moments there's some ugly as you've mentioned real oh, ugly <laughs> yeah but I also think like you, you wouldn't be able to develop such a depth of empathy and emotion if you hadn't uh experienced that ugly and and you know ripped off the band-aid and really went deep on it because yeah. how could you hold space for other people if you've had a really easy life mm -hmm. <laughs> right yeah, I don't know very many people at all that have really had an easy life. Mm. <laughs> Most people I know have had some extraordinary difficulties mm. in one form or another. Mm. What are some like um, stories that you've uh, worked with, you know, clients that you've worked with that have really stood out to you? What um what has stood out to me? There have been a couple of things that that stand out to me. Um, for starters, the the thing that stands out to me is how deeply entrenched our conditioning, and I'm talking about all of us here. How deeply entrenched our conditioning is, and how we tend to argue for our limitations. Uh, we it's a hill that we want to die on and we're willing to so to speak we argue all the time for limiting ourselves for why we can't do this and that has been pervasive as i've worked with clients in, in many different endeavors and then what has struck me too is the sheer power of decision that we all have we could choose not to exercise it but we all have it. It has not been taken from us. And what I'm referring to is the power of choice to choose love instead of fear. Characterize that in words however you want, truth instead of illusion, right? God instead of the ego, or, or however one wishes to put that in words. We have this tremendous power of choice. And when someone exercises it, it's very powerful and it's really rewarding it's a beautiful thing to see someone realize oh yeah i can change this i don't have to live this way i can set this aside and when somebody finally decides to do it it's a tremendously powerful experience it's a beautiful thing to to share with somebody mm, yeah i love that the power of choice is so beautiful and i think a lot of people get blamed <laughs> Or, you know for for someone's own insecurities or, or not making decisions I mean you hear it a lot that people's parents are getting blamed for 
the position they're in or someone's school teacher and you just think no 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 you have to get to a point in your journey where you have to um, accept that you've created this yourself (laughs) (laughs) with your thoughts with your emotions with your actions with your decisions every single little piece of it is your responsibility now Yes, it is. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, yeah, and it's, it's so true. And I understand why people would be reluctant to accept that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's a big thing, isn't it? You, you're mm-hmm. asking someone to give away their, their comfort blanket because I think a lot of people's comfort blanket uh, can be pain. It can be fear, even mm-hmm. if it's not, you know, because the brain obviously wants to keep you in that same space, doesn't it? Whether it's, uncomfortable or painful or whatever um and so that's familiar to somebody so to ask someone to do something different difference is always scary right for people change yeah it is and well it doesn't have to be but that's the way it turns up um and uh, deep down what what i've found is that we all want it we all want this deep peace this deep inner knowing we all feel this call but we're actually afraid of it we're afraid of light we're afraid of awakening when it all comes right down to it because we've come become so attenuated to thinking of this as ourselves and our circumstances and our social status and our degrees and our jobs careers and all of that we're so used to defining ourselves in a limited way that a completely limitless definition of ourselves can scare the hell out of us mm. well that's it because when you get to the stage where you you believe you're limitless it almost feels uh like there is no ending right and i think a lot of people need a label they need an ending they need to know when this finishes and i always say to everybody it doesn't (laughs) it never (laughs) finishes it never stops you never stop growing you never stop doing the work isn't that a beautiful thing and they're like yes what's never begun can't end so (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah i love that i love that phrase Mm. what's never begun can't end i like that um so what would you give as recommendations somebody who needs to step into the bigness into the limitless being that they are what what would be some of the tools or advice or words or or anything that you would give to someone that would help them kind of start looking at that well the most basic tool that that i can think of is just a a a willingness to look at it even if it's just momentary there's so much power as we've just talked about our power of choice our power of decision um, in the present moment when else because there is no other time um, at all Uh, so right now people have the ability to make a, a choice and just even allowing themselves to contemplate ideas like the ones we're talking about, even to entertain for a fraction of a second the notion of your own limitlessness, the notion that who we are, 
who we all are is beyond concepts completely. It's beyond space, time, this world that we appear to inhabit, all of that. It's beyond everything that we think we are. Even to just entertain that for a fraction of a second has tremendous power. Even if you, you go right back to doing what you were doing before and running around um, scared and afraid or playing the victim or attacking somebody or all of the above, right? Just to have that little glimpse, the more of these glimpses you allow yourself, the better. And also something that I've really, really found, I mean, I have had a, a meditation practice of my own for and since the 1980s. And so it's actually approaching 40 years of, of practice. I'm talking the, the mid 1980s when I was in high school. This is an interesting story because my high school geometry teacher was a, a meditator. He had practiced Zen Buddhism for many years and was an old hippie. And he would have us meditate for the first few minutes of class every day. Yeah. Wow. We were in high school, 15, 16 year old kids. And of course, people rolled their eyes. Of course, people whispered to the to their neighbors and and wondered why we were actually doing it and i actually thought oh this is really great i really connected with it so i actually started to do it um right there and i'm not aware that anyone else in the class did but that was the genesis of it all and what people can do with even a very short meditation practice is calm themselves and open their mind to allowing this truth, to allowing this little sliver of, of time and, and space for even entertaining the idea that there is no separation of any kind. There, you're limitless completely. You're beyond all of these concepts that we here employ, all of them. And even a one breath meditation can be really beneficial. It can relax a person. So if that's all somebody can do right now, that is not small at all. That is huge. I mean, we say in a lot of different walks of life, it all adds up. It all has value. Actually, the first sentence of the text of A Course in Miracles is there is no order of difficulty in miracles. So there is nothing wrong with a one breath meditation. You don't have to sit for a 300 day retreat if you don't want to. There, it's just as powerful to allow one or two breaths worth of awareness as it is to literally move mountains. It's the same. So I would give people that are maybe struggling or starting out that advice I love that advice that's so beautiful my team just want to also add like asking questions is just so powerful mm. as well you know silence in the mind through meditation or being still and making space but also uh, asking questions like you said like if you could hold mm. just that that notion for one split second yeah that you are limitless and then ask what if or what's next how mm -hmm. does this get better you know the universe will always say yes right to whatever we ask 
Yeah, that's that's also an important point um, because we all have access to this inner knowing, to this inner wisdom, to an inner teacher uh, that we all can ask internally. And also if someone feels like they don't have any place to turn, there's a tremendous amount of help here in the world. There are discussions like this one that we're having. There are teachers that are available. There are discussion forums. There are, are people with whom we can share our ideas and our difficulties. So you're literally never alone because there's no separation of any kind. But when it feels like you are, there's always someone that you can reach out to. Mm, yeah, I love that. I think loneliness is probably one of the biggest killers, right? Oh, my cat's knocking my... Um... <laughs> she likes talking to me. Um, I think loneliness is one of those things that people do feel like deep, deep inside. So I love how you brought that message through. That's so beautiful. And you're right. I always say to people, like, if you if you knew how not alone you were, then you'd probably be more worried about it. <laughs> because we are literally surrounded by so many beings and so much energy that is like, willing and wanting us just to move forward with love and, and with joy and in complete mm -hmm. abundance and I always I'm always quite surprised when people can't feel that in the world um oh. you know <laughs> yeah it's uh that's uh, pervasive isn't it or at least people say that they can't feel it um but it's because they're they're choosing not to I mean really oh yeah oh definitely well, like you said before, it's such a choice that people make. So um, where can people kind of like find out more about you? Where's a good place to stalk you and, and be in your energy? And Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, what I would suggest starting with is if you're interested in watching me on video, I would start with my YouTube channel and uh, the, the link is here. My handle is Rev Tomas Garza. And in this channel, I offer several videos a week that are specifically dedicated to A Course in Miracles. However, I wish to comment that you don't have to be a dedicated course student in order to benefit from these messages uh, because it is a self-study curriculum and it is universal in theme and application there's something for everybody whether you're a beginning student or experienced or whether you're just checking it out so if you tune in to one of my discussions on youtube you will hear something that you're meant to hear because it's mm -hmm. a reason why you, you you tuned into that. But that's the place where I would go for starters. I love that. I love what you said about, um, you know, being drawn to the message as well. That's mm -hmm. a really, really important point. My team just want me to repeat it and say that if you are drawn to something or somebody or doing something, taking an action or going somewhere, then you really have to start following that intuition. Like, you are your own guru, right? And you've already done everything that you need to achieve in this timeline and other timelines. You're just calling it into this current moment. So um, to follow your heart and your guide is is like everything, really, isn't it? Like, Yes. 
Yeah, the, the way I like to put it on YouTube is, is following your, your inner teacher. And uh, people are welcome to call this inner teacher whatever they want, uh, you know, whether it's names plural or a single name or or anything. I mean, you could call your inner teacher Elvis if you wanted to, <laughs> as long as you <laughs> listen to its guidance. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start connecting with your inner teacher? Like, when did that Ooh, happen for you? Okay. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, a long time ago, when I was very young, I, I can remember being about four or five years old and just sitting in my room um, with what really to any four or five-year-old is an inexplicable uh, sensation of being bathed in light and limitless. So I had multiple glimpses of that as a kid growing up, and I just knew it just made sense to me. Mm -hmm. and, and then I would go watch television and, and play with sticks and toys and do whatever, whatever other kids would do. I'd go back to participating in what we call normal life here in the world. But I had had these glimpses, um, and they've they've been very powerful and, and have sustained me through a lot of hardship, a lot of things that uh, I've gone through as, as an adult, which everyone goes through. Um, yeah, the, it was really from a very early age. It's about as early as I can remember them. Wow. I love that. I, I, and so blessed, right, to have that guidance from such a mm -hmm. young age I think um I don't know what you're seeing in your world at the moment Thomas but I think um what happened in the world a couple of years ago around COVID I think that appeared to be a really big catalyst of people suddenly opening their eyes a little bit further right and and questioning and and really mm -hmm. seeing the yes. world in a different way and I don't know if you experienced that in your world as well Yes, very much. And I'm very glad that people are doing this. And, and of course, as it often does, it takes a tragedy or a pandemic or something big to shake people out of a way of thinking. But it's, uh, it's very important because we all realize at some point there's more to it than meets the eye. There's more to it than the, these images on our screen. Mm. is there's more to it than email <laughs> of course <laughs> and we all recognize that and uh, that's that's listening to the call and the question for each of us becomes are we going to answer it do you answer it and what i always hope is that the answer may be yes and i hope people get from this conversation the inspiration to just give their inner teacher this little gap in time just even a little bit this mm. that little bit of openness is huge so mm. perhaps people will be more willing to do that i love that my team are just also saying like um be prepared to rip up the rule book to allow this to happen mm. oh, I, yeah. think, <laughs> I think we have yes. way too many rules in this human world right and if you could just say look i'm living my life on my terms as long as obviously you're you're safe and you're kind and 
all those things. Yeah. You know, I'm talk- I'm not talking about being an awful human being, but you get to live <laughs> on your own terms if you just rip up the rule book mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to follow my joy and what keeps mm-hmm. me alive. And I think sometimes that's what people are missing, right? Because people are moving out of expectation for others or out of service for others. And that's not where people are in joy. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point. Uh, I would have everyone think about the, the rule book and you can rip it up. You can set it aside. You can just get up and walk away from it because it hasn't served you. It hasn't served you. If it had served you, you wouldn't be watching this. I mean, really, people wouldn't be interested in a conversation like this if uh, if the rule book really, truly, deeply served them. And that may serve people in some ways. People may have, you may have a lot of money. You might have a beautiful marriage or relationship. You might have nice things, lots of social status, all of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the rule book is something that's there to be questioned. I always invite people to question the very foundations of everything they now believe and start with questioning the image on your screen. That's great. Question this course as much as you want to, but don't stop with just that. Keep going. Yes, keep going. Please. And thank you. (laughs) I love that because I always say you have to unlearn everything you know. And then when you get to the stage of that, you realize you know absolutely nothing really. <laughs> and everything that we've learned may have served us at one point, but we can just kind of gently set that aside. Like like geometry. What I learned in geometry was not geometry. It wasn't the Pythagorean theorem and isosceles triangles. It was meditation. <laughs> so there's something <laughs> that we're meant to learn, right? That's amazing. I bet that was so off the wall as well in the 80s, wasn't it? Um, a teacher yes, meditating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at the time it was. Uh, because I, as I re- recall, it really wasn't, uh, at least in the United States, popular culture until the 1990s that mm-hmm. yoga and meditation and Eastern philosophy came to be viewed more, uh, just more, more accepted and more popular in the 80s it was kind of off the wall i remember people holding ideas that are considered commonplace here in 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 the 2020s that got them um, ostracized yeah in the 80s so it was a different time in terms of people's viewpoints However, I, I was surrounded by a number of, of old hippies that had really participated in, in the counterculture movement. I mean, legitimately were deeply involved, and my geometry teacher was one of them. Wow, that's so cool to have a teacher like that. Yes, <laughs> very cool. Wow, you've probably got like a lot to thank him for, right? Then you, That he kind of set you on this path? Yes, Yeah, I I do. I'm very grateful for that because I needed that. I needed that in high school and I needed all of those experiences that we talked about a few minutes ago that I had as as a kid because there was all kinds of drama and, and stress going on around me and I needed to be able to count on this. I needed to be able to draw joy and 
positivity from this. So I, I am very grateful. And I love the point that you mentioned before about um, having these lessons. You know, I think that people assume that when you've been dedicated to your craft for a long time, and you have these tools that you're immune from doing the work somehow, or you're immune from the lessons, or you're you're somehow you get a free VIP pass and you don't have to go through pain and trauma. Mm. But you know what what has been your experience on that? Yeah, I my experience with that is I'm a student of the course right along with everyone that watches me. So I. I to have had my own huge uh, forgiveness lessons and growth lessons on, on the path. Yeah, we don't get a VIP pass. So we don't get a VIP pass. You don't get one. Sorry, if you're a teacher, you don't get a <laughs> VIP pass. Yeah. yeah, there's no such club. Yeah, no, I like that. That's why I'm always telling people in my network or my clients, I'm saying, like, I'm not your guru. I'm just here as your side mirror, making sure that you don't crash on the rocks or get eaten by sharks if I can possibly exactly. help it, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a guide. And if people crash on the rocks, it's not because I, I steered them into the rocks, <laughs> right? <laughs> or get eaten by sharks. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's not that, and and that's an important point. Is, is what I like to tell people is there's nothing that I've done that they can't do. Mm -hmm. If they look at me and think, oh, this this guy's really calm, or he, he's got this this knowing, or that's oh, it's shared. So it belongs to all of us. There's nothing that people can't do that that anyone else can also do i mean we we can do everything that mm. you've done that that i've done that anyone that shows up as a teacher has done there's no separation of any kind so we're not superior we're not gurus we're we're simply guides and that's part of what i really enjoy about a course in miracles is that it's a self-study curriculum it's not a, a top-down hierarchy it's not a religion nor is it a cult because the world doesn't need more of that it doesn't need people drawing a hierarchical division you know i'm a student of the course right along with everyone else my particular directive is simply to turn on the camera and microphone and share that's that's what i'm instructed to do and i'm doing as instructed <laughs> that's what's going on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And who are you instructed by? Do you see yourself as your own guide or do you see your guides as separate entities or how how do you see it for yourself? Um, well, what I refer to as our inner teacher is known by many names in A Course in Miracles, but it's the Holy Spirit. Now, if somebody wants to say it's Jesus or, or Buddha or Elvis or whomever, it's those are all simply names. There's a part of our mind that will instruct us if we allow it to, that mm -hmm. will speak to us of who we really are and what we really are, where we really are, and point the way if only we will be willing to step aside and listen. So mm -hmm. that's yeah, that that's my my teacher. So what I say is the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And um 
that turns up in a, a lot of ways, dozens of different ways every day. Mm. I love that. I love that because I think we all have different perceptions on on what that is, don't we? And I and I think um actually that that kind of argument on what it is or what it isn't shouldn't even be there. It's what it means to you, right? right. And 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 how you follow it and what it feels. And I always say to people like if you know if you if you want to know whether it's working for you in your reality, like what are you seeing and what are you feeling and what are you experiencing? If it's good, then usually what you're doing is is the way, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we came here to experience, not to be immune from the lessons, but we came here to to have a really nice experience and to grow. And um, you know, that's what I always say anyway. Yeah, and people are, you know, of course, you just mentioned it. People can believe whatever they they wish to believe. Um, there are tremendous apparent differences in form, in belief, but that's all outward form. The essence and the content of it is exactly the same. So one of the things that I'm fond of saying you know, to people that watch me on YouTube is there are many doors in spirituality for which I'm very grateful, because there appear to be 8 billion of us here, which means many doors. And they all, all these doors open into the same path, they lead to the same place. In the end, they, they simply look differently. That is only a difference in outward appearance. And that accounts for every spiritual tradition that's ever existed from the major world religions on down to some very, very new traditions and everything in between you know, there mm. there really are many doors and if someone wants to open a different door than someone else so be it mm. yeah i believe that too as long as people aren't kind of like trying to shove things in your face because you know we each get to experience differently and and no one's right mm. or wrong it's just their own expression of of their way right yes yeah the proselytizing well i think a lot of us have some interesting experiences with that mm. <laughs> i yes. mean i certainly do i was raised in not one but two fundamentalist All traditions right. that insisted that their way was the only way and that in order to be a good person you had to show up at this particular building at 11 o'clock on sunday not the building across the street because that's bad so yeah. it's drawing one division after another, which I instinctively knew based on my early childhood experiences was couldn't possibly be accurate. <laughs> couldn't possibly be the way it was. And it's been very um, uplifting to have my adult experience bear that out. Mm. Yeah. And the truth will always come out in the end anyway. Mm. I think if you stick with something and you're curious about things for long enough, you'll always find the answers, right? You'll always find your own truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because truth is true. And uh, we can deny it all we want, but it's still true. Mm. <laughs> Eventually it pops back up. I mean, it, this is a, one way of explaining our, our stubbornness as adult learners and how the th same thing has to come up again and again and again until we finally learn it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that yes. took 33 years. Well, all right, better late <laughs> than never. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I love that. We do like to learn by repetition, though, don't we, as humans? Mm. So yes. <laughs> not very effectively sometimes, but, you know, repetition is where it's at. <laughs> That's true. Very true. <laughs> Um, so I'm so really conscious of the time. I feel like we could probably speak about this stuff for months and months. But um... oh yes, definitely. <laughs> but are there any <laughs> other messages that you'd really want to share? Like anything that's really on your mind at the moment that you'd really oh. like to share? Well, I, I want to invite everyone listening to this to really think about allowing these little tiny windows, these little tiny gaps where you just set all of your stuff aside for even just a second or two and begin to entertain the notion of your own limitlessness. Begin to really listen to yourself talk about your own real power which has nothing to do with the powers that we have here in the world, our influence, our, the size of our social media account, all of that is just even the slightest little window is enough where we just decide to give ourselves that. Your power of decision has never left you. It cannot be taken from you. You can simply choose to exercise it or not, and I hope that you do exercise it. I love that. Do you do meditations yourself? Because you have got this really beautiful, calming voice. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah. This is something that I, I've I've done, and I come back to um, guided in, in one form or another. It's it's always well, it's always deeply relaxing. I mean, I've personally gotten a lot out of it. I mean, as a uh, high school geometry student, I didn't expect to get that much out of it. But sometimes what you're supposed to be doing in life comes in a really unexpected way. <laughs> That's often <laughs> the case. Yeah. yeah, always. I mean, I think I always say to people, hold everything lightly because you never quite know how things are going to come in. And I think, again, going back to the, the uh, conversation about having rules, you know, the more that you expect things to come in a certain way, you're, you're creating resistance around just allowing the magic to happen, right, in your world. Mm, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's one thing to be afraid of of it, of, of yourself, of your, your own power. In fact, that's actually quite natural based on our conditioning. But when you become aware that you are, that's when this power of decision comes in, you can make the present moment decision to allow it rather than run. Yeah. And you can, and no one can take that from you. I mean, your choice not to exercise that is still a choice. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yes, thank you. You're so welcome. So I'm going to thank our readers, our watchers, and our listeners. Uh, I'm going to hit stop, Thomas, and then we'll have a, a little chat. All right. Thanks All for right. tuning in, guys. Thank you.